You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Back Bears fans to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host today, William Ingles, and the Bears did their job at Mile High last week, going one and zero for Week Two, knotting them up at one and one. They have a primetime date coming up against the Washington Redskins, and we're going to break down the five key matchups to accomplish the job of going one and zero in Week Three and putting them at two and one on the season in prime position to make another run at the playoffs. So, without further ado, let's kick it off with matchup number one: Akeem Hicks versus Brandon Scherf. The two-time Pro Bowl guard for the Washington Redskins for an offensive line that's really kind of been suspect for the last few years. Scherf has really kind of been that stabilizing force. Uh, Really think about Kyle Long for the Bears for a long time is kind of what I compare Scherf to for the Washington Redskins. So Akeem Hicks, I think a lot of us make the mistake of thinking of him as almost a pure pass rusher. For just the pure volume, he ends up getting to opposing quarterbacks. That's really not what his job title is within a 3-4 defense. That defensive end is really supposed to just be a stalwart gap defender. And Akeem Hicks has been that and then some. But for this week, it's going to be all about stuffing Brandon Scherf because you know the Washington Redskins, they're going to want to try to protect Case Keenum. They know what he is. He's kind of a game manager quarterback. And for game managers, you want to be able to set up the play action and really take advantage when you do pass. You're really trying to control the clock for the majority of the game, though. So really stuffing that run to begin with. We talked about this last week for the Denver Broncos attack, and it really worked to effect. They made Joe Flacco try to beat the Bears, and until that last two minutes when he started targeting uh, Emmanuel Sanders more, I mean, they were really successful for the majority of the game. So it's really going to be another uh, blueprint like that, at least on the defensive side, to start things off with the Chicago Bears. Akeem Hicks versus Brandon Scherf. Huge for the point of attack, huge for the running game of the Washington Redskins, whether or not they're going to be able to get Adrian Peterson going on the ground to start this primetime Monday night matchup. On to matchup number two, we have right tackle for the Chicago Bears, Bobby Massey versus pass rush specialist for the Washington Redskins, Ryan Kerrigan. Now, there aren't a whole lot of defensive weapons on that front seven for the Washington Redskins, but Ryan Kerrigan's kind of been a real mainstay for them. He's had back-to-back 13 sack seasons. He already has a sack for this season. So in the primetime lights, we're going to talk about this more uh, later on in the show, but the Bears have a tendency to give up a lot of sacks. Some of them not the offensive line's fault. Some of them are. The big thing here is going to be shutting down their main pass rushing force in Ryan Kerrigan, and it's probably going to be Bobby Massey seeing the majority of Ryan Kerrigan throughout the night. So it's going to be key that even though it's not Trubisky's blind side, that he is keeping Ryan Kerrigan uh, for three to four seconds, at least allowing Mitch to get through one, maybe two reads on all the pass plays he drops back for. So it's going to be huge to put down that primary rush threat. It's not like last week where you have both Chubb and Von Miller to kind of give you that two one-two punch as a pass rush. Ryan Kerrigan, at least in my eyes, is kind of it for the Washington Redskins, so it's going to be big to shut down that pass rush force, 
Give Trubisky time under the primetime lights. Matchup number two, that's what you have. Bobby Massey versus Ryan Kerrigan. For matchup number three, we're going to have a situation of best on best. Cornerback Kyle Fuller versus wide receiver Terry McLaurin for the Washington Redskins. And McLaurin, to this point, has been a rookie phenom out of Ohio State. For an offense that really doesn't have a lot of uh, pass-catching weapons, and it doesn't really have a great signal caller as far as Case Keenum when it comes to just getting a lot of numbers in the passing game. But despite that, he has 10 receptions, 187 yards, and two touchdowns for the Redskins so far this season. Scoring in both their contests, that's a pretty big feat if you ask me for an offense that I don't think is going to have a whole lot of tread on the tires. Uh, But to this point, if you ask me, Kyle Ford's been playing some great football. I know he gave up those two scores in a row with both the touchdown and the two-point conversion to Emmanuel Sanders last week. Despite that, it took a perfect throw and a perfect catch to get that touchdown, and it was just kind of a scheme. Uh, It was kind of a scheme thing, if you ask me, that allowed uh, Sanders to win on that second round two-point conversion. So overall, if you ask me, Kyle Ford's been playing some great football, but so is McLaren to his credit. So I think this will actually be a pretty fun matchup to watch throughout Monday night. It's, like I said, a situation of best on best, and those are always the most fun matchups to watch. If matchup number three was best on best, uh, matchup number four is not that. Um, We're going to have Trey Burton versus uh, linebacker John Bostic, and that's not to say Trey Burton is by any means uh, a bad player, but he hasn't been really in the fold for a while now. You know, you're talking about a tight end who is being paid about $8 million a year. Really hasn't played a big role since that New England game last year. We had over 100 yards and a, and a touchdown. So he hasn't been that security blanket for Mitch. And one thing that I think has been really glaring in Chicago's offensive attack is a, they don't attack the middle of the field like they used to throughout that middle stretch of 2018 where the Bears are really successful on offense, putting up about 24 points a game. We haven't seen that approach in a while, and I think a lot of that has to do with Trey Burton kind of declining and tailing off towards the end of last year, and as probably a little bit of confidence with uh, Trubisky as well. Now, Trey Burton, uh, one of the two people who'd be going against across the middle of the field is a familiar face to Bears fans, especially longtime fans, is John Bostic, a former second-round pick of the team. Now, when I say last uh, matchup was best on best and this one is not, John Bostic, let's just recap a little bit of his Bears career. I'm sorry to any of you who might get PTSD from remembering these days. But John Bostic lost a linebacker competition to Shea McClellan, who was converted from a pass rusher, and Christian Jones. For goodness sake, how can you... uh, I I don't think I need to say anything more than that. Trey Burton should be eating John Bostic's lunch all game. And honestly, the Bears need to restore that middle-of-the-field attack because honestly, that's where we see Trubisky at his most comfortable. You go back to his 2017 tape where they aren't letting him throw the ball a whole bunch to begin with. The most comfortable he looks are those deep strikes to, at the time, Adam Shaheen. I mean, he looks really comfortable. I go back to that second Lions game at Soldier Field. Uh, no, I correct. I correct me there. I believe it's the first game that they played at Soldier Field. But he looks really comfortable targeting Shaheen in that game across the middle of the field. And even when they had Dontrell Edmond running some some posts at that point in the season, Kendall Wright, yeah, I know it's hard to remember these names, but I mean, those though it was those routes across the middle of the field that Trubisky looked really comfortable just putting his back foot in the ground on a three-step or a five-step drop and really firing that ball, which is something we haven't really just seen him look comfortable throwing a ball this year. I think restoring that attack to the middle of the field will help, and I think Trey Burton taking advantage of a player like John Bostic is exactly the way to do that. 
But we haven't, we only just started talking about Trubisky here because he is going to be our game breaker, our most important matchup. It's going to be Trubisky versus the primetime lights. And I mean, here's the thing is that Trubisky in primetime, not exactly a lot to write home about to this point. In seven games in the primetime lights, so we're talking about most of them being last season, but we have one in his 2017 season, and of course the stinker that start this year. Throughout those seven games, he has completed 148 passes out of 243 attempts for 1,315 yards, six touchdowns to nine interceptions, and 16 sacks. So you average that out, that is 61% completion, which is pretty good, but you also have to understand that a lot of these have been safe throws for the most part. 187 yards per game, I think, is one of the biggest issues here, aside from the glaring touchdown and interception ratio. 187 yards per game, you're just not moving the ball enough during the game. And even when the Bears were rolling last season, they didn't have a huge rushing contingent last year. Obviously, Jordan Howard's woes were well-documented. Tariq Cohen had a few big chunk plays, but it's not like they were running him like a bell cow. And other than that, they really didn't have a lot to work with at the running back position. So when you think about it, these primetime games have really kind of been a struggle for Trubisky. And if you think about his very best primetime outing, it's the playoff game. His playoff game, he was 26 for 43, 303 yards, a touchdown, and no picks. And that's the best we've seen of Trubisky in the primetime light. And honestly, most of that was the fourth quarter. And that's where you really saw Trubisky be comfortable. He wasn't thinking. He was just playing the game. He was trusting his receivers. And for the most part, when you watch him play primetime, a game that I always went back to uh, was the first game he ever played in primetime, and that was against the Vikings where he was 12-25, 128, one touchdown, one pick. And it came to the point where it was the ball was in Trubisky's hands to go on, a, I believe, a game time. Game-tying drive or potentially a game-winning drive. Either way, it was one of those two scenarios. The ball was in his hands, and the game was still in reach. And you could see it in his eyes that there was just he just was not comfortable. Then we saw week one against the Packers where they had the ball in their hands and a field goal would win the game. And you saw his eyes, and you almost just knew immediately that the Bears weren't going to win that game. So <clears throat> it's all about, pardon me, I'm if you can't tell, I've been dealing with a little bit of a sickness, but the matchups must go on as the game must go on. But it's really all about seeing Trubisky kind of shred this primetime struggle that we've seen him go through his entire career with to this point. I don't think we've seen him comfortable for one entire primetime performance. I mean, you look at all these. You, you look at his 2017 Vikings game. Obviously, that was his first career start, so you give him a little bit of leeway. His first game against the Packers, he starts off strong, but he doesn't score a touchdown through the air. He rushes one in. But, I mean, 171 total passing yards, that's, again, you're just not moving the chains enough. And that really showed at the end of the game. They weren't able to move the ball and, and bleed out the time enough. They were the Rodgers got back in. You look, at his, uh, you look at his Seattle Seahawks game. The next week, he was on Monday Night Football. Two touchdowns, two picks. And, honestly, he should have had a lot more. Uh, the, the, there were a lot of throws that were just went through the hands of the defenders. Kind of a similar story to the Green Bay game. Where, you know, the, the Green Bay game this year, I beg your pardon, where he had one pick, but man, he probably should have had three. Yeah, I, the next game I believe is against the Vikings on Sunday Night Football last year, where God bless Cody Park, he actually had a good game, but that's one touchdown and two picks, and one of those picks were just really bad. You know, sometimes you just gotta hope that Trubisky really sheds this primetime light discussion that we've been 
really having with this quarterback from the moment we've had him for his first start. Looked rough in the primetime light, and now we're just hoping that he can shed that against a Redskins team that really doesn't have a secondary to write home about. So the situation is here for Trubisky to really get his season back on track. It's just a question of whether or not he can shed these primetime jitters that he's had, except for, for all of his career, except for the fourth quarter of the playoff game against the Eagles. Now that we've gone through our five key matchups, it's time to go back through, and I'm going to give you an idea of who has the advantage in each of these matchups. So back to matchup number one. Keem Hicks versus Brandon Scherf. I'm giving this one to Keem Hicks. He's been a monster ever since he's been in Chicago. I think he's going to continue to not only hold down his gap and run support, but I think he's still going to make a few big plays in the pass game as well. That's just how Akeem Hicks does. So I got to roll with my guy, Akeem Hicks. I don't see the train stopping anytime soon. So advantage Chicago Bears. On to matchup number two, Bobby Massey versus Ryan Kerrigan. I'm not sure if this is all going to be on Massey, but I do see Kerrigan getting home at least once on Monday night. Uh, it's not, like I said, this might be a product of Mitchell Jabisky holding the ball too long, but that's going to be a matchup that no matter what is going to go on Ryan Kerrigan's side, whether or not he gets on the stat sheet. I, that's just one I see coming at least at some point. I see some splash play coming from Kerrigan, so I'm going to have to give him the matchup. Knotted up 1-1 for matchups. Now on to Kyle Fuller versus Terry McLaurin. I'm going to give this one to the vet, Kyle Fuller. He's played really well this season. One or two plays has gone against him, but overall I think Fuller has been the better of each of his matchups versus Devontae Adams and even Emmanuel Sanders, despite the fact he gets that late touchdown. That was a perfect throw. That wasn't anything on the coverage for Kyle Fuller. He's going to get this matchup. Bears now up 2-1 to one in matchups. Now to Trey Burton versus John Bostic. This is one where the talent definitely favors the Chicago Bears. It's just whether or not Maggie and Tr- sorry Matt Nagy and Trubisky end up taking advantage of this matchup where they clearly have the advantage in talent. So until they prove me wrong of not going after John Bostic, I'm going to give this matchup to the Bears because it's one that clearly aligns in their favor. And that brings us to matchup number five, our game breaker, Trubisky versus the primetime lights. And this is honestly going to be one that until I see Trubisky conquer the primetime lights for a full game, I got to take the primetime jitters, getting the best of him again. And even though that gives the Bears a 3-2 win as far as matchups are concerned, we're going to see a lot of these games be closer than they should, even when the Bears have a clear advantage in overall talent. Until their signal caller feels comfortable for a full game and acts like that for a full game, I mean, we're going to have games like we saw against Denver, games like we saw a few last year that were one-score games that had no business being one-score games. So that's going to eventually, that's going to be how it is until Trubisky finds that uh, finds that groove that he had against the Lions at Soldier Field last season, against Tampa Bay last season. Until he's feeling comfortable throughout the entirety of a game, especially under the primetime lights, we're going to see a lot of these games continue to be one score, continue to be a little bit sloppy, and at times hard to watch. So I'm giving this one. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. To the primetime lights, I hope Trubisky can prove all of us wrong this week, but until that point, we got a 3-2 matchup in favor of the Chicago Bears. We'll see how it goes on Monday night primetime lights. Can't wait for it. Monday night football is always a special time, and uh, can't wait to share with all your reactions, and hopefully a victory Tuesday 
on our way. Until next time, though, bear down, Chicago. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.